sitting there. I'm wondering what's going on. He comes back and he goes, why are you lying to me, kid? <laughs> I'm like, what? I, I was like, I, I, officer, I swear I'm not. I'm, I promise I'm not lying. I can pull up my ID from my email. I have a photo. <laughs> New intro song? New intro song. <laughs> Um, All right. Welcome back to the Recess Podcast, the unfiltered podcast for aspiring entrepreneurs. Um, This weekend, Jacob and I actually both went on separate trips, and now is the first time we're actually reconvening to to talk about what we learned. Um, You went on your drill, quote-unquote, retreat. You had some work to do. Excited to hear some stories if there's any. And then I went on an entrepreneurship retreat in Chicago. Actually, um, it was Dixon, Illinois, the home of Ronald Reagan. The the cabin we were staying in had about like 40 photos of Reagan all over the place. It was quite Fire. freaky, actually. Haunted house type. Um, I want to hear, what was your weekend like? What would you do? Uh, I had drill. Um, you know, same as always. Explain drill. Drill, <laughs> drill is like my monthly work for the National Guard that I do on the weekend. It's supposed to be like, you know, just a weekend, but it always turns into more than that. So I had a four-day drill this month, which is Thursday to Sunday. Uh, we went out in the woods camping and, like, setting up our, like, we did a comex, which is, like, we set up our communications equipment because my, the unit I'm in is, like, a communications signal unit. So they basically set up this big equipment that can send notifications to each other. So you, like, text people without, like, using AT&T or whatever if you're in, yeah. like, whatever, some foreign country and you, like, don't want people to read your text messages or whatever. <laughs> yeah, That's basically, like, the dumbed-down version. <laughs> so we, like, set up these... Things that, like, never, ever work and, like, these big, I don't know even how to explain them. Like, there's some that, like, shoot to freaking Mars and like, <laughs> satellites and stuff like that. Wow. Okay. I don't really know what any of it does. Like, it's always broken. Nothing ever works. Like, it's all this, this like, nerdy network stuff that so, I don't So what did you do besides uh, taste test different foods? I saw that in your story. <laughs> The old army MREs are lovely. It's always a good time. Um, what do they feed you? I don't want to talk about it. It's like, tough. Like, it's not 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 fun. I'm picturing like a freeze dried like astronaut food for some reason. Yeah, that's that's really? one, some of it. Yeah, I mean not freeze dried, but like a Napoleon ice cream. <laughs> yeah, that that would be nice. That'd be nice. No, so uh, Friday morning we had breakfast and it was a pop tart. A um, piece of bread. <laughs> so it was like our uh, retreat in Michigan, basically. Yeah, it was tough. Like so many carbs. It was disgusting. But anyways, that's besides the point. A couple things I took away from this weekend, actually. <clears throat> so I'm getting to the end of my military service. I have This is my, my last year, right? So I'm getting out in October. It is now April. So there's a couple months left. I've been in for five years. Five and a half years now. So like I'm almost done. And... A couple weeks ago, I had to go to this thing called the Crossroads, which is like this new thing they're putting on when you're getting out of the National Guard. And it's basically like you're at a crossroads. Like, do you stay in or do you leave? And like this is how we're going to sell you on like staying in. So they basically try to like sell me on staying in and like why I should not get out of the Army. Right. Mm -hmm. So they have all these like different sales tactics and like, like we'll give you 20 grand. We'll like give you a new job. We'll get you in a new unit like somewhere else where you want to be. You can do this or that, whatever. And I was like, no, 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 thanks. I'm good. Like, I'm done. Whatever. Like, my time's coming to an end. So then this month, they had the same thing I had to go to where they're like, all right, go go to like this retention thing where they try to get you to stay in. And uh, I was thinking, so the same people came. And one of them was my recruiter that actually recruited me into the National Guard like 
five five years ago, whatever. And I was thinking back to when I first joined, 2017. I'm like 17 years old, no purpose in my life. I don't know what I'm gonna do. Like, just about to graduate high school. Well, not even. I was like going to my senior year of high school, no future plans. And I was thinking, like, what would I have done with my life if I wasn't in the National Guard? Like, where would I be right now? And I was thinking, like, I probably either wouldn't have gone to college or would have, like, begrudgingly gone to college and, like, not made the most of it. Huh. And so I'd probably be, like, I don't know. what I'd, I'd probably be doing, like, a trades job right now, if I'm being honest. So I wouldn't be sitting here on a podcast talking to Rohan, talking to you. That's so interesting. What's one of your fondest memories of all your time in, in the National Guard? I honestly have a lot. Like, I have a lot of, like, they're all... Like, the, my overall time in the National Guard has been, like, you're always, like, embracing the suck or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, you're doing stuff that, like, kind of sucks, but you got to, like, just live with it and get over it. And, like, th- through that, you get, like, a lot of camaraderie with the people you're mm-hmm. around because you're all going through the same, like, Hardships. suckiness or whatever. <laughs> and so I, I honestly have a lot, but it, none of it stems from, like, I don't know. Like, I've shot machine guns and I've, like, drove giant, like, trucks and, like, I don't know, shot grenades, thrown grenades. Mm shot grenades out of like a freaking machine gun like all this like random stuff it's like it's kind of cool the first time but like yeah i mean at at the end you're just like all right i'm so done with this <laughs> <laughs> um one other thing i took away from this weekend is i was taking the pt test my last one thank goodness but in the pt test they have a new one now and it's like a little different but you do like a bunch of different things like basically a crossfit workout wait what does that stand for physical training oh okay so a physical yeah so it's like a physical training test so you basically have to like pass a certain standard of like i'm physically fit to like they make you the muscle-ups is that why you sent me that video no (laughs) (laughs) but i did i'm coming for you on the freaking muscle-ups but anyways we'll see yeah sure um but anyways so i was doing it and at the end after all like the other events you have to do like a two-mile run and i never run (laughs) last time i ran last time i ran two miles was literally the last time we took the test Wow. Which was like a year ago, <laughs> and so, anyways, long story short, last year, uh, what did I do? My thing got a little messed up because I think I had to run an extra lap, but I ended up running like a twenty minute, like twenty minute thirty second two mile. Pretty tough, right? Were you walking <laughs> it or what? <laughs> it wasn't good. Um, this year, n- no cardio, no training, nothing else. I get, I ran a f- like fifteen minute. Two miles. It's a huge that. drop. Could you try again? Oh, Siri wants to talk to us on the podcast. <laughs> but anyways, so 15 minutes, and that's like, what, six-minute different? So it's like pretty it's big huge. difference. And like realistically, the 21 minutes was like a little bit like messed up because I had to run an extra lap and like mm-hmm. whatever. But all to say is I attribute that like directly to the Maynard cold plunges because wow. I think running is like super mental. It's about like pushing yourself through like, oh, I can keep going, I can keep running versus like stopping or whatever and like walking or like running slower it's so mental and there's like definitely some capacity of like training that you could get from like running over and over again but at the end of the day like especially if you just don't ever run and don't ever practice it's just like can i force myself to do this Mm. so the maynard cold plunge of like forcing myself to get in cold water or whatever translated directly to running faster which is kind of crazy isn't it? that's actually nuts dude and i feel like every time i was talking with aiden 
Aiden about this because this weekend at the retreat, we actually did a cold plunge while it was snowing. And every time, it never gets easier. It's always like, oh, my God, we're about to go in this water. What are we doing? You don't think lives? it gets easier? I think I think we get stronger. Like once we're in there, it's fine and we can like stay in longer. But going – like getting into it, it's still the same feeling every time. Like, oh, my gosh, why are we doing this? Like what are, what are, what's wrong with us kind of thing. Um, but I do think that definitely makes you mentally stronger. That's a cool little connection. I do, yeah. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, also, I, one last thing before we talk about your weekend. One last thing was – when I was at this like retention thing, when I was thinking of, like, well, back to where, like, where would I have been if I didn't join? I was thinking back to all the benefits I've gotten from being in the military. Like, for example, school all paid for. Like, um, I got like a top secret clearance, which like if I wanted to go into like some like FBI, FBI CIA, something like that, like I could, and it would be like worth two hundred fifty grand, I think, or something like that. Like, it's a lot of money if like a company was supposed to was going to give it to you, saying like. The government trusts you with like their secrets or whatever. You think you would have ever gotten into real estate if you didn't join the National Guard? Because that isn't that where you got the the initial money to do it, the college savings. I I probably would have done it. Yes, because I was like doing it before with my dad, but I wouldn't have had like near the like opportunity that I have now, right? Yeah. So that's a big difference. But also, one thing that you get when you get out of the National Guard is the VA home loan, which I don't know if you know what this is, but basically you get like. They'll give you a loan with 0% down with, like, 150 basis points underneath, like, the national average for, like, loans. So if it's, like, 6% right now or, like, 6.5%, you can get, like, a 5% loan with, like, 0% down. Well, there you go. And you can, like, use it over and over again. So, like, kind of a cheat code to getting, like, a bunch of real estate. So I'm probably going to be utilizing that. Cheat code. If you want to get started in real estate, first join the National Guard. That's the the takeaway. Genius move. (laughs) (laughs) All Um, right, let's hear about your weekend. You went to... So I, I called you on the phone. You didn't. Bring oh yeah, yeah. I didn't bring this up. All right. I like was getting yelled at because I like did some <laughs> something stupid, and uh, I was getting yelled at. And I get a phone call from Rohan, and I'm like, uh, decline. And then he called me right back, and so I'm like, sorry. Like to the person that's like yelling, I'm like, sorry. I really gotta take this. And I take the call. And he goes, um. So and I'm like, oh. Nah. Oh gosh. So. Uh, <laughs> So Aiden and I are, are – uh, we went out to eat dinner. But look, We were the first ones who got to this house, right, in Dixon, Illinois. Um, and we took your car. Thank you again. Yep. Um, and so we go to Walmart and we're going back to the house, right? And we're playing Fred again, the song that started at the beginning of this podcast. And the song <laughs> is called like a Turn Off the Lights or something. And as soon as well, – I'm probably going like 34 on a 30 down the, down the main street. You criminal. And, and there was a yellow light. And when Fred again is bumping, you, there's no slowing down. <laughs> and as soon as the lyric, turn off the lights, hits, I look in the rear mirror and I see a cop turn on their lights. Um, so then they follow me into the parking lot. And I'm like, oh, boy. All right, stay calm. Everything's okay. This never happened before. Um, You've never been pulled over before? No. So the c- cop comes up to us and he's like, uh, license and registration, please. And this is a problem because I use Apple Pay everywhere, so I didn't have my wallet on me. So no, so no license. Then he goes, registration, um, I'm like, this isn't really my car either. I don't know what the registration is. That's when I call up Jacob and I'm like, uh, and so he doesn't pick up the first time. So I tell the officer, like, he's not picking up. He's like, all right, this is already like a very poor start. And then he's like, okay, where are you coming from? I was like, oh, you, you know, the, I don't remember the place, what it's called, but the pub, <laughs> he got a burger. And so now he probably thinks like we're drunk at this point or something. And he's like, okay, uh, where are you going? I'm like, 
a cabin in the woods. I don't know the address. It just went worse and worse and worse. I didn't know what to say. Um, and he's like, okay, whatever. Uh, what's your name? Let me at least search you up in the system. So I'm like, okay, my name is Rohan Harani. My birthday is June 7, 2001. Uh, uh, hope that helps. So he goes back to his car. He, he spends some, a good amount of time there. I'm wondering what's going on. He comes back and he goes, why are you lying to me, kid? <laughs> I'm like, what? I was like, I, officer, I swear I'm not – I promise I'm not lying. I can pull up my ID from my email. I have a photo of it. I'm from Virginia. He's like, oh, you're from Virginia? Why did you just say so? That's why I couldn't find you in the record. So I'm like, oh, yeah, haha. Um, and then he's like starts – then I'm like, where are you from? He tells me where he's from. We get into this conversation and he actually ends up saying that he, uh, he did police training down at UIUC. <laughs> there you go. And he's like, you boys seem like nice gentlemen. Um, have, a, have a great retreat. Uh, leave you with the warning this time. I'm like – uh, what, what about the insurance? What about what about Jacob? Uh, he's like, nope, he'll be fine. No damage. So I'm like, yes, thank God. Um, and so we turned off Fred again. We didn't play any music and we made it to the cabin. <laughs> I should have thrown you in jail, you freaking criminal. <laughs> um, yeah, Dixon, Illinois. What a, what a place. Actually, as we were coming from Walmart, we walk into Walmart to get some bug spray. The first Walmart employee I see, he's wearing like the blue coat, you know, classic. I'm like, excuse me, um, is, there, is there any bug spray? Do you know where that is? He's like, can't you see I'm off duty? Isn't it obvious? Because apparently he had like a yellow coat on top of his blue. I'm like, it, could, it takes less time to tell me where the bug spray is than to tell me you're off duty. Like, <laughs> anyways, um, the retreat was fun. Basically, the way it started was there's this college dropout entrepreneur community builder who came to America from the Netherlands with literally just two suitcases, had nothing, pulls up in Chicago, and he's like, I, I need to create a community. I want to find people that are like me. And he knew Aiden Murphy, who's been on the pod before. And so Aiden, he said, I'm hosting this entrepreneur retreat. Aiden, come and bring a few friends. So you were supposed to come and Luke, but you guys had other things. Um, and so to me, I was thinking this would be very similar to the Michigan retreat we went on with those other, with those other uh, entrepreneurs. This was different. Uh, I was one of the youngest there. Almost all of them had like either a full-time job or a dropout or were just like, quote unquote, in the real world. They're, they're not in school. And... Um, the interesting part is compared to the Michigan one, this one was a lot more structured and I feel like the relationships people formed with each other, the bonds were a lot stronger. And it seemed like these people were all kind of entrepreneurs struggling in their island of one kind of by themselves. And they were like itching for a community like this of people where they can share ideas and get feedback and kind of get any kind of support they can. And so there was a lot more like emotional conversations about like how amazing this weekend was compared to the last one we went on, which was more of like a fun trip um, in terms of what we did. I think that goes to show just like how useful college can be if you take advantage of it because exactly. there's what – other, what other thing can you do where there's literally like 50,000 kids all in like relatively same age, all in this – like within two square miles of each other – you're bound to find so many people that have like similar interests to you that are going on the same path that have same things like when you go to the quote unquote real world it gets way harder right mm-hmm. and so like if you don't take advantage of it while you're in college like it's just, it's only going to get harder yeah. you know what i mean and so you like you need people by your side it's so important yeah um and it kind of reminds me of something you said about uh like how you built this camaraderie with all of the other people in the National Guard because you did hard things together. I think that's actually so true. Like at this retreat, we all did cold plunges. We uh, got a drone stuck in a tree. So a few of us were like climbing the tree all the way to the top to get it out. We went on like a hard hike. Um, 
just lived in like a shitty place with a ton of stink bugs and going through these kinds of experiences with people you don't even know, you can get so close with them in such a short amount of time. So like I encourage everyone to try doing hard things. If there's someone you want to get close with, struggle with them in some fashion. And I think that's like a easier way to get close with people. It's interesting. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, but that was that was Maynard the cold plunge. Do that. 8 a.m. Tuesdays. Now it's getting warm, though. We're doing saunas now. Saunas? Yeah. It's Tomorrow's awesome. still cold. It's awesome. Tomorrow's still cold. Let's we do could, a, eh, We could do tomorrow. Or we could do sauna tomorrow. We'll figure it out. But overall, good trip. Um, I wish you could have come. I'm sure you're going to have tons of experiences like this in Austin in the summer. Yeah, it'll be sweet. I'm excited. You just signed the lease, right? Yep. Lease is signed. Going to Austin. I don't know what's going to happen yet. I got a couple ideas of like things I'm going to do. But other than that, it's all open. So I got to figure out the best way to go about it. Yeah. Um, I wonder, let me, the, the people I met, I want to share a few interesting ones. Um, some of them had like venture capital money raised for their like different AI startups. There was this one guy. <laughs> AI startups. It's always AI. AI this, <laughs> AI that. Everyone has all an AI, AI startup. But dude, if you're going to start an AI company, like how are you not worried that literally like the big companies like ChatGPT or something or like OpenAI, they're not just going to be like, that's a good idea. Bam. Take it. Because and like, they're not creating their own AI algorithms. They're just using the APIs from exactly, OpenAI and exactly, creating a cool but, use case out of it. That's like Exactly, but why doesn't OpenAI just do Because people – the they're already people doing that, right? They do like not the, know how to use ChatGPT to its full extent. But that's not what I'm saying. Like OpenAI is already creating company – like spinoffs, like use cases of it, right? They have the, the basic like chatbot, right, that you can like talk to. And it also has spinoffs. Like it has the AI assistant, right? Like. Yeah. So it's like only a matter of time before this company with billions and billions of dollars of funding just like take like oh, builds totally. all these things, right? So how are you not afraid? I'm dude. So whenever I mean, anyone says like, oh, AI built startup, I'm like, well, ooh, here's yikes. the other thing. Like, for example, in Galleon, which is like our app that Jack Evan and I made to like explore the hidden gems of Urbana Champagne. If we took OpenAI's API and put that into our search bar where you can search up coffee and any kind of the cafes pop up. Some people would say that's an AI startup. <laughs> so well, people call everything so, like, an AI startup just because there's some element of AI. Right. So I think when but, someone says like, oh, it's an AI startup, that for some people that might be like, oh, cool. It, it must be awesome. For me, that's like, oh, yikes. Like, I don't like, like that at all. Like, I know. But if it's a good product with an AI component, then maybe. Then, then yeah. But like. I agree. If it's just like, oh, AI startup, it's like, oh, scary. Yeah. Yikes. Um, well, anyways, one of these guys, like. The types of people here come from all kinds of backgrounds, and it's like people you wouldn't normally just see in your regular day-to-day lives. There was this one guy. Um, he he used to be in the Marines. He was very political, very hardo mode kind of. You know, <laughs> he served in Iraq, so he's seen things that I couldn't even imagine seeing. Um, and he's like a swinger, and he's created this swinger community around Chicago and brought up like. 400 other people into this community. And then he was talking about how because he created this community, he got invited to like... All right. All right. He got invited (laughs) to this like... (laughs) Let's move on from the swinger guy. Talk about somebody else. Uh, Jeez. Bro, we've had a good run. Don't cancel us now. (laughs) Uh, Well, anyways, he just came from this like really crazy background. And it's like, you wonder how can people like be like this sometimes? But if you take a step back and like... Think about where they come from and the experiences they've had and how that makes them have the opinions that they do have now. It's very interesting. And I think there's a lot that can be learned from people like that. Um, What's his deal? What, he, what was he starting? 
He's starting a, a platform called Showbase, which basically it's coming out next week where he basically helps influencers monetize their own platforms. Cool. He's also a full-time scientist at NASA. So it's like, like what? Like there's a new fact about him every 10 minutes. And like there's so much to these people and there's so much more than meets the eye sometimes. And it just takes a little bit of digging to, to uncover that. Um, but yeah, I mean overall that was one of the other big lessons I learned through the trip. It's like don't take anyone just for face value. Like take some time to explore their backgrounds and then your opinions might change. Just don't judge a book by its cover essentially. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, overall great trip. And now Aiden is going to be creating one of these at, for U of I hopefully soon. I can't wait. This might be an unpopular opinion, but whenever I – this isn't always 100% true, but a lot of times when I talk to people that are like three to four years older than me, so 26, 27, 28, somewhere around there, they always seem so much more interesting than people our age. A couple of reasons, maybe because they're older and they've done more things, but I think part of it comes through like a lot of people that I'm around on a consistent basis are like all the same people because they do all the same things. They like watch all the same TikToks and like have all the same like Instagram feeds or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they spend so much time like scrolling through Instagram, scrolling through TikToks, seeing all the same stuff and like, <laughs> I don't know, like going to the same places all the time. Maybe it's just because like that's in the, the environment that I'm in, but. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, there's I've, a lot of people that I feel like hobbies aren't as big a thing as they used to be. I don't know if that's true or not. Or it's just like, just, no, that is definitely true. Like people just don't do as many hobbies because they're too busy, like scrolling on so Instagram or TikTok. Yeah, dude, that was actually one other thing from this week. And I really loved in spite of these people being like such busy humans and they have full-time jobs and they have all these different projects they're working on. No one, literally almost no one pulled out their laptop or phone. Not even their phones. It was just conversations or sitting around. And it changed the entire dynamics. I have not experienced something like that in college where you're hanging out with people and for like a a day span, no one touches their laptop or phone in spite of having work. I was sitting in circles and every single person's on their phone. And you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, so that, that was fun. We, we made homemade sushi. That was another cool bonding activity. But <laughs> overall, I... I I think that was pretty powerful, the the no phone, no laptop thing. So Yeah, I think it is. There should be like designated – we should have like designated times where we invite someone to like hang out or something like that and we just say like we're, we're just not going to bring our phones or something. You like ever that. seen this thing where like people go out to eat or something and like everyone puts their phone in the center? For yeah. The person to touch has to pay. I kind of I <laughs> like that. I do. There's obviously oh. like emergencies and stuff like that. Yeah, right. I don't know. But like it, what, what, there's very few times where it's an – <laughs> yeah, I always say that, like, oh, but what if there's an emergency? Like, odds are very slim. Like, you calling me twice in a row? Like, it was, <laughs> I mean, was that an emergency? No, it wasn't because the, the cop was chill. Did he even, gra- like, take a look, look at the insurance? Uh, I can't remember. No, I think he just. He didn't even look? No. Oh, my goodness. That's crazy. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, uh, don't go faster than a 35 on a 30 and don't blast Fred again. Yeah, sweet. Take do you want to talk about other stuff or do you want to end it there? Just talking about the weekends. Um, got anything in mind? Oh, okay. I have one that actually I realized from this weekend. Aiden and I were talking about this a little bit. And we've talked about this on the pod previously, just not in depth. This concept known as like the region beta paradox. Mm-hmm. And it's a complicated concept that would be hard to explain in just a very succinct way. But basically, sometimes uh, like – a worse situation in the short term 
can actually be better in the long term. Yeah, the way the way I've heard it described is if you have to go somewhere that's past a mile away from like wherever you are, mm. you're going to drive there, right? It, but if it's under a mile, you'll just walk there. So if somewhere that you're gr- trying to go is a mile away, you're going to walk. If somewhere's two miles away, you're going to drive. So it's actually quicker. But it's actually quicker to go somewhere that's two miles away versus one mile away. And so what that means is something that's worse could actually be better for you, right? Because yeah, a lot of different reasons. But the biggest one is probably because it pushes you into action, right? Exactly. So like, if something's just good enough, then it's like you're not the worst change. thing ever. It's like the worst thing ever because if something's terrible, like if you have a job that you absolutely detest and hate and you'll like – You'll quit and go find somewhere else. But if it's like just good enough, then you're going to do it. And what happens with the problem with just good enough is like, then the, you stay. You stay and you it's, stagnate. And then what happens ten years from now? You're doing just good enough. Same thing with like relationships. Many times, like if mm-hmm. a relationship because it's harder because it's harder. You won't want to like, leave it, but right? If it's because like a terrible because, relationship, you'll absolutely leave it, which is actually better for you, right? And so like the pro- the reason is because the like difficulty of breaking up that relationship is like worse than the like difficulty of the relationship that you're in now so it's like oh we might as well stay versus like a terrible relationship the difficulty of breaking that relationship is way less than the actual terribleness of the relationship itself so you're going to go through like the the hard part of like breaking off the relationship right yeah so that's what people this weekend were kind of like they didn't explicitly talk about this paradox but uh tony the guy who organized this event he was a college dropout because he felt like college was like it was for him and his priorities. It was like good enough, but it wasn't getting him to where he wanted to go. So he's like, honestly, I should just drop out completely because now I'm in a, I'm in a place where I'm going to force myself in entrepreneurship, and I won't just be like, won't just be hanging around thread. There's no plan B. Right. So, what other areas in your, in someone's life could this like be applicable? Job, relationship, maybe, like health, maybe health. If you are just like like. Uh, De- like your body weight is like not perfect, but it's like not uh, terrible. You're, it's kind of just like okay. But think you about have it. No people have those to like, like eat healthy. come to come to God moments where they're like in the doctor's office and they're like, "You're gonna die if you don't lose weight." And they're like, oh, and then they go and like lose 150 pounds or something, yeah. right? And it's like that's where it's bad enough that you have to make a change, right? Because making a change is always hard. It's never easy, mm-hmm. right? It shouldn't be easy. If it is easy, then you're probably like changing the wrong way. But like making a good change in your life is always hard. And so the problem with the, – the thing with the region beta paradox exists is because the situation that you're in kind of stinks. But it's not bad enough to justify going through the hard of like mm-hmm. changing it, right? And so that's – when those two things are mismatched, that's when you end up in a situation where it's just good enough because – if you want to quit your job, you're going to have to go through a job search, and that's hard. And so the jo- going through that job search and finding a new job that you actually like is harder than staying in the job that you're at now. So you just end up staying at the- choosing the easier one and staying in your yeah. situation so, you're in now. So the way I see the takeaway from this is like, okay, this is a paradox. But just being aware of the paradox helps you realize that, okay, if you're in a situation that's kind of okay, that's like just decent, that doesn't mean you have to stay in that situation. Kind of take that jump, take that leap, and make a change even if things are not terrible right now. Yeah, I agree. One other thing I uh, thought about this this weekend, a um, couple things. One is there's literally money to be made everywhere, right? So I was taking my, like, PT test or whatever, right? And they, it's a new one, so it's, like, relatively uh, 
it's different than the old one that we used to take. So I'm not like totally up to date with all the scores and all the things and like how each one like you have to do. So like first you have to do a deadlift and you have to do like this, like um, these like push ups and you have to throw this ball and then you had to like do some sprint drag carry thing and like all these different things, right? And I want to get like a score that I can pass first of all, and I also want to like get the best score I can get. So I went online like on my phone while I was like waiting in lines and like looked up this like website that had uh all these different things on it right mm-hmm. so you could you look you go through each of the different events and have a slider of like what I did on it and how many points I'll get on it so you can get up to 500 points cuz 100 point per each event mm-hmm. and then you can see like how many how much deadlift I had to get to get a certain amount of points or like how much how far I had to throw this ball or okay. like how many pushups so I had to do right kind of not really gamified it. It just it just was a way to track how much your progress was, right? Okay. So you could see like, okay, I'm gonna get this points on the end if I do this this many things, right? And first of all, if anyone doesn't know and they haven't done any things with like the government, every single government website in existence is trash. It's terrible. It's literally like the worst. Like they. It's worse than Craigslist, bro. It's terrible. It's because they don't need to make it better because there's no other option. You, if you so, have for to example, pay your taxes I, I owe debt. I owe, I owe debt to the government for like this, like being an RTC for a while, right? And I want to pay my debt, so I go. They have this app that I can go pay my debt. It's been broken for like six months. It doesn't work. Like I literally can't pay my debt on it, so I have to send them a check in the mail. So all I have to say is, if you see that, you can just be like, "Oh, this freaking sucks," and this is terrible, or. I can go make my own website that'll do like the same things, right? So that website wasn't by the army. Government. It wasn't by the government. It wasn't a government like backed website, but it's useful for people that are like in the service and like doing taking the PT test and you can make money off of the people like going on your website and like whatever. So you're just fixing a problem and making money off it, right? Mm-hmm. So there's money everywhere to be made, which is kind of cool. That's interesting. Um, and like, it's not like the government necessarily wants all these systems to be terrible. It's just they don't have the time, they don't have the capacity, they don't have the know-how to like make it better. And so if you I just something- think I'm, con- I'm convinced they just don't care because you see how big the military budget is? Bro, set like billions and billions of dollars. Well, they like, don't care because there's no really alternative. You, uh, you as a citizen, I have to use you it. You have to use that. It's not like in the private sector where if you have a shitty website, then you can Someone just go else to a competitor. Just, yeah, somebody else like, is just like There is like, no make competitor. One. There's only one government right now. Yeah, and it's terrible and i hate it but this is like another thing is that it's so easy to just be like oh this sucks but if you don't think like oh wait this sucks like i could do something with that right it's like when you first get a new car and you never saw those cars around and now you're like they're everywhere Mm -hmm. so if you're just like thinking of like oh there's problems that i just like deal with every day but if there's a problem that you like just think of a little bit more and say oh i could fix this and I could get, make money off of this. It's a great way to like t- think about how to start business. George Kruger talked about that on the podcast about how there's like a way, to, like how to think about starting new businesses because he started what twenty seven or something yeah. like that, and he's always just carrying a notebook around. And if he sees something that's like bad or annoying or a problem, he'll just like write it down, and then he'll think of like, oh, how can I fix this? Totally, dude. This weekend, actually, we recorded a, uh, a time capsule. Every single person who's at this retreat, all thirteen or fifteen. They basically answered a few questions on the podcast of like, what do you, who are you? What are you building right now? Where do you see yourself in five years? And then advice for aspiring entrepreneurs. And a common theme from this group was like, 
focus on the problem entirely. Like spend so much time understanding the exact problem you're solving, do market research, and then from there – You'll be able to – there's 100 solutions to one problem, but you have to first make sure you understand that problem that you're solving. Otherwise, you'll create a product that no one cares about no one wants. So if there is a problem, understand it deeply and then from there go and figure People out People are so quick to be solution-focused because that's the easy one, right? So you, you see a problem and you're like, oh, I can think of a solution to that. But like the problem is – a couple of problems. First of all, what if the solution doesn't even solve the problem? And like you might think you know the problem, but you don't actually know the problem, right? So like the solution might not fix the problem. Secondly, the first one you come to, like the first solution you come to without usually totally not. understanding the problem, it usually doesn't totally work. And secondly, everyone else thinks the same thing, yeah. right? <laughs> so like, I mean, this is like, I, I was judging a, a case competition the other day and every single group's, first of all, they missed the problem, actual problem, except for one group. And their solutions were all exactly the same because that, the first thing they thought of, oh, it must work, right? Mm-hmm. Problem is it doesn't really work like that. And so in so many areas of life, you can just be problem-focused instead of solution-focused. You'll be way more better equipped. Like what's the thing they talk about like spending two hours to freaking – or 20 minutes of every hour to sharpen your like yeah. axe or something when you're like cutting down a tree is better than just like hacking down to the tree mm-hmm. and trying to fix the problem. So if you keep throwing solutions at a problem, like it might not work. <laughs> yeah. Versus like really truly understanding the problem. Did that one group and, end up uh, winning the case comp, the problem-focused one? No. Oh. <laughs> no, they they didn't have a good solution. So they missed that part. <laughs> well, there you go. It's not easy. Yeah. Well, anyways, those are our weekends. Couple takeaways. What? We talked about region B to paradox. Yes. Um, we talked about if something is just good enough that doesn't mean you, you don't need to make a change. That's right. that's that. Um and then go below the surface when and don't be too quick to judge a book by its cover when someone's different than you. Yeah, get a freaking hobby. <laughs> um, do hard things with people to bond with them. It it definitely helps. Um, and and don't listen to Fred again when you're on going thirty. <laughs> yep. All right, I guess that's the pod. See ya. Yeah.